And whether this girl was trying to get pregnant because she wanted a bag or not, you have to be aware that that's something, that's a possibility. What's up, you guys? I'm Rachel Namita, and welcome to the Courtside Club, where we give you a courtside view of what's going on in the world of sports and entertainment. It is the week before Christmas. This is actually our last episode until Christmas, so I hope that you guys enjoy and you have a fantastic week with your family coming up, and you just have a great time, and you're enjoying the holiday. But we have a lot to cover today, so let's jump right into it. This is something that I wasn't even planning on covering today, but the story kind of broke last night, and it is a text exchange between Anthony Edwards and what seems to be a fling or a side chick of his, because from my understanding, he was in a relationship for quite a while and actually has a baby on the way with his main girlfriend. So anyway, his side chick posted this text exchange between her and Anthony Edwards, which where she basically shares that she is pregnant and she's saying that it's his baby. And the gist of it is his him saying to get an abortion. So I'll put the text messages on screen here so you guys can read them. But I'm just going to give you an overview and give you the gist of it. She starts off by showing the pregnancy test that shows that she's pregnant. She says, I still have an appointment on the 27th. His response is, hell nah, can't do this. And I'm also going to read this in like the exact grammar that he wrote these text messages because it's pretty all over the place, but that's how I'm going to read it. I'm going to really get into character here. She said, so now what? What a great response. He said, get a abortion, LOL, which is wild, by the way. I don't think I've ever seen anybody put an LOL after talking about abortion. She said, honestly, I had an abortion with my son around two years ago, and I regret it every day. He said, man, you can't force a kid in the world. You don't know what it is yet. She said, that's not the point. I said, I had an abortion two years ago, and I regret it. He said, yeah, but I don't want a kid, which is interesting because I think he is. He does have a kid on the way, like I said, with his actual girlfriend. So there's exchanges back and forth. He basically tells her that he will send her money to help her out. And she said, I didn't ask for it, but okay. So she accepts the money. He said, I don't want kids. Let's handle this like (laughs) grownups. She said, I'm not trying to force you to be a dad to a baby you don't want. I just don't like abortions. That doesn't make me wrong. If you really don't want to do this, then fine. I won't. He said, just take the pills. So when I woke up this morning, what was actually trending on Twitter was just take the pills and send the video, which is what we'll get to in a second. She said, you don't care about no one but you. He said, you got the money. What's the hole up? Because now you finna make a problem. She said, finna make a problem, exactly. I don't give a fuck. I've been nice this whole time, and I don't bother too much. Basically saying, like, she doesn't bother him with it. She's just trying to let him know. He said, okay, just make sure I get the video of the box with the right pills. She said, what other pills would they be? He said, just making sure. So then, this is where... 
this is where things like take a little bit of a turn. She sends him an AI generated photo of what their baby would look like. So at first, like when I started reading this, I was like, oh, this is actually really messed up because I do think it's wrong for any man to try to pressure a woman to have an abortion because I don't think a man can ever understand what that is like for a woman to make that decision to have an abortion. And she clearly said that she was traumatized by having one before. So in the beginning, I was like, this is actually like super messed up. Why is he, you know, kind of being this cold about it or being this firm about it? Then she goes on to send this AI generated photo and said, look how cute though, which is to me kind of weird because she went from saying, it's fine. You don't have to be a daddy to this baby. I'm still kind of, kind of going to have the baby. And now trying to persuade him in a sense by using an AI generated photo, not the way I would go about it, but I digress. So then he says, send a video, send a video, the video question mark, where's the video? So he's just basically super adamant about getting this video of her having the pills or taking the pills. I think my initial reaction to this is that it's super messed up for any man to be pressuring a woman to have an abortion. But at the same time, if you're a woman and you don't want to have an abortion and the the baby daddy to this baby that you're carrying says they don't want to be involved, you don't want to have an abortion, then that's what you have to step up and say, I'm not having an abortion. If you'd like to be in your child's life, you can. If not, I'm going to have this baby, but I'm letting you know that I'm having this baby. And she could have easily done that. He, in another slide, and by the way, she posted all of this on Instagram. I don't know what provoked her to post the text message threads. I don't know how long ago these this text exchange happened, um, but she also posted the wire transfer of him sending her $100,000, which essentially, I guess, was his way of saying, like, listen, I don't want this baby. Have an abortion. I don't want it. Here's $100,000. Please get out of my life. And then proceeded to also say that his lawyer will talk to her from now on. I do think it's a, a cautionary tale for men and women, but especially men who are in the spotlight or who do have millions and millions of dollars. There's been so many times and there's rap songs about it where they talk about girls wanting to have children with rich men, professional athletes, rappers, singers, artists, you name it, anybody with money so that they can just kind of be locked in and be getting that child support, whatever. I don't know her intentions, but there may have been some of that there. And maybe that's why he was so firm on saying like, I don't want anything to do with this here's your money. I'm telling you this now. I don't want anything to do with this because maybe if he was wishy-washy, he could have gotten roped into that. But it's a messy situation, obviously, with the way that Anthony Edwards is playing on the court. You would prefer to focus on the good that he's doing on the court. And I think all of this stuff with when we talk about Anthony Edwards, talk about Zion, anything that is off the court is just a distraction. But social media and the the fans are going to be way quicker to pick up on these kind of drama stories than they are with you dropping 50 points in a game. So I think when you're at that le level, you have to just be so extremely careful with what you're doing behind closed doors, who you're doing it with, who you can actually trust. The stakes are just higher for everyone. And whether this girl was was 
trying to get pregnant because she wanted a bag or not, you have to be aware that that's something, that's a possibility and that can happen to you at any time. So I hope that this all gets resolved. I don't wish for any woman to have an abortion because they felt pressure to do that. Because I do think that's such a, it's a life-changing, that's a life-changing decision that you have to make. And a man will never be able to understand that. So I don't know what this woman did. If she did follow through with it, I hope that she's doing well and has moved on. And I hope Anthony Edwards just stays out of the mud. I don't know if that's the right phrasing, but <laughs> just like is more careful next time and more selective with what he does in the bedroom with who, who he does in the bedroom. That's all I have to say about that. I want to jump in here really quick because right after I filmed today's episode, Anthony Edwards actually came out with a statement kind of addressing the text messages that were shared. He said, I made the comments in the heat of the moment that are not me and are not aligned with what I believe and who I want to be as a man. All women should be supported and empowered to make their own decisions about their bodies and what is best for them. I'm handling my personal matters privately and will not be commenting on them any further at this time. I'm not sure if he made this apology because he actually does feel bad about what he said or he was just getting absolutely flamed online, but I do appreciate the fact that he came out with some statement and I think what he said here is absolutely correct and also what I've been saying the entire time. Whether you want a child or not, it is a woman's decision whether they are going to have an abortion or not because it affects them more than anyone. I'm glad that he did come out with this statement and I do hope that himself and the woman who released the text messages move forward from this in a healthy way and do better in the future. Next up, a topic that has been widely discussed in the NBA world is Draymond Green has been suspended indefinitely. And this came after he was ejected in a game where he had a very hard foul on Nurkic. I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's been all over social media. Everybody in the media has been talking about it. Everybody has their opinion on it. But I wanted to give you guys mine because I feel like mine is different than what a lot of people are saying. I feel like the general consensus about this situation and about Draymond Green, we've been hearing a lot that I hope he gets the help he needs. I hope that he's okay. Um, he's obviously going through some stuff. I hope he does better. And my first reaction, first of all, to the foul was, yes, he swung around like crazy. It didn't seem like he was trying to knock him in the face how he did. He's just that type of player. I don't know why all of a sudden we are shocked that Draymond is committing hard fouls. He's always done this for the entirety of his career. We've all had someone on our basketball team growing up, AAU, college basketball, who has a short temper. This is not new. This is who Draymond is. Yes, does he pick maybe the wrong times to do this? Has he really hurt his team with... Um, doing it in practice, punching his own teammate, doing it when, you know, they're in the finals, in the playoffs, really, you know, getting um, getting suspended and messing up the chemistry of his team. Yes, but that is who Draymond is. So I don't know why all of a sudden he needs help or he's going through something or his mental health. Like, this is who he is. Like, we're being a little dramatic here. The indefinite suspension, I get it. I don't know how long it's going to be. I think it's Adam Silver sending a message and being like, hey, guys, you have to calm down. You can't be fouling. He's trying to protect the players. The NBA has gotten softer. Like that, we all know that. 
for better or for worse, the leak has gotten so much softer. If you look back, and I have some clips here that I also wanted to show you guys, but if you go back 10, 20, 30 years, people were choking people in game and not getting ejected. They were just getting a technical foul and continuing on playing. The league is a lot softer now, so he wants to make a stance and say like, hey, we can't be doing this. Whether you meant to clock him in the face or not, you can't be doing this. And Draymond is a repeat offender. So I want to go over some stats of Draymond's as well. He's had 171 technical fouls in his career, 20 ejections, and $2.5 million in fines that he's had to pay <laughs> from these fouls, which is pretty wild. But like I said, this isn't a one instance thing that all of a sudden he needs to get back. He's been doing this the entirety of his career, probably in high school, probably in college, probably in AAU, probably in youth basketball. It seems to be his demeanor. That's what makes Draymond Draymond. And if he's not fouling hard, people love that about him. They love his tenacity. They love his defense. They love his, his will and his grit and his competitive nature, which a lot of guys right now in the NBA don't have. I don't know why we're freaking out about it so much. Yeah, it was a hard foul. Suspend him for a little while. Maybe talk to him and be like, hey, you got to chill. You got to work on this hot temper. But like, he needs help? Really? I don't know. Like, I remember the the nut kicking thing that he was doing for a while where he was just like constantly <laughs> kicking guys in the nuts. Like, that was a little absurd. But some of these where he's you know, trying to rip the ball away and he just flails and kind of smacks someone. I, I don't know. I feel like this is like kind of a normal thing. Draymond's on the biggest stage. He's, you know, all he plays a lot of minutes. The Warriors are a team that's highlighted a lot. So as of the time that I'm recording this, Draymond Green has now went to counseling and will be out for three weeks. So maybe it's anger management. I don't know what else it could be. Maybe there is something going on in his personal life. I hope that it helps him. But I don't think we need to exaggerate it so much. And I don't know. To me, it doesn't seem like he's like just such an issue of a person. He doesn't actually get it. Correct me if I'm wrong. He doesn't get into much trouble off the court besides, I mean, Punching Jordan Poole in the face was actually on the court. But like, I think it's his he... style. You know, his style of play. Like like you were saying, if 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 this was the old days, like it wouldn't be that egregious. If if you were watching like hockey, they have whole players whose whole point of being on the ice is that they're enforcers and that they like help create right. a, a tough vibe for this team. And you can't like if you foul one of the guys, you know this other guy's gonna foul you, right? Like that's there, there's room for that personality and that style of play. At least there has been. Maybe there's less room for it now, right? But the but 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 sure. But the reality is 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 the rules have changed from when we all kind of became fans of, of basketball, and you're not hoping your team suspend it, right? And so if they say, yeah, you used to be able to give a hard foul, and you weren't, and and it was just a normal foul. Now a hard foul can get you ejected. And if you keep doing it, you can get suspended. And that hurts the team, right? Presumably, right? I um, get all of that. I get all of that. I don't think he should be doing any of this. But I also don't think we should be making it so dramatic. Like, he has a diagnosable mental problem. 
Like Th- that's, that's how it, making people seem. Everybody's like, oh, I just hope I mean, he's okay. That, that's I like hope a, he gets the help he needs. Like say yeah, that they, for someone who actually does have issues like that. To me, like from the outside looking, doesn't seem like it. No, Unless there's right. something I'm just like, I don't see that's like going on at practice or something. But it's all these talking media heads that are showing just so much concern. I, like the guy's think- just, he's enforcer like you said maybe in the wrong sport (laughs) for the record also there are dirty plays there are and there's certain things that you can do in basketball that will actually injure somebody including like undercutting someone stepping on people's feet like that those can actually injure people some of the stuff that he's doing to me a a slap in the face a karate chop across the neck diving on the ball on top of somebody like it, it never once has felt to me that he is actively trying to injure somebody. So that's where like, I'm missing this. There's an issue with him, but let's watch some of these clips from the nineties and the eighties, because this will kind of take you back to how basketball used to be. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but in these days, if you played like Draymond, you were, you know, a bad boy. Now you have mental health issues. Um, a tumble back at the time. And, uh, you know, they, they went with Larry, which I think was... ...avec l'agressif Charles Barkley en tête. Fallait l'écrire, ça devient une évidence. C'est vrai, le basket, c'est pas un sport de gonzesse. Not the old hidden ball trick. It's Charles Barkley's imitation of Rick Mahorn. The Sixers were loose in practice, but come game time, they were all business as Mahorn has a friendly chat with Milwaukee's Frank Winkowski. It was the bad boys of Detroit who put an emphatic end to the Lakers' reign, notching back-to-back championships of their own. But the road to a... Think that being the number one seed makes your opening series easy? Well, the Knicks don't think so, and neither do the Phoenix. Set a tone early in this playoff series. This is in the fourth quarter. Oakley with the elbow directed at George McLeod, and Oakley is cited for unsportsmanlike conduct, handed his second technical foul of the game, and that means automatic ejection. It's evident, and I expect it to continue here tonight. Let me show you what happened. Lionel Hollins penetrating on Atlanta. Tree Rollins delivers the elbow, and Hollins is furious. He thinks the tree elbowed him deliberately. So he comes in behind to throw a left-handed punch. But he broke a knuckle on his shooting hand. Nothing wrong with his legs, though, folks. Watch him clear out here. (laughs) Fortunately for Hollins, Rollins didn't catch him. But unfortunately for the Sixers, he broke the hand. There he is at this moment. He will not be able to play in this series against Milwaukee. And he might be lost for the entire playoffs. Because all these plays, by the way, also, players weren't ejected. They would get a tech. Like, could you imagine now if a player came down, made a dunk, and then started punching the thing? Like, that would be it. You'd be gone. He wasn't even punching a person. He's punching, like, the little, the padding on the, on the hoop. I think I've, I think I've made my case. And, I, listen, I'm not saying the NBA is any better or worse because it is a softer league, but it's a softer league. It definitely is. And so, like, watching these clips from the... 80s and 90s and just seeing you know I, I feel like the basketball on the court wasn't as good obviously as it is now but the physicality and the competitive edge and the chippiness it did it did add to the game in a lot of ways and I think it also the the fans were really behind that because there were rivalries that were created there were rivalries between teams um, between players and there was just a little bit it felt like the stakes were a little bit higher 
in that era than it is now. Step into a world of natural wellness and Caribbean flavors with Mavi Artisanal Tea, the embodiment of plant power and hydration. Take a sip, join the movement, and embrace a healthier you. Visit MobbyTea.com or your local Sprouts Farmer's Market now to experience the taste of the Caribbean in every revitalizing blend. Another story that I briefly wanted to touch on and kind of give you the updates that we have is pretty dark, but it does touch our NBA world and our NBA community. There was a G League player who was arrested and is being charged with open murder and kidnapping. So the the player's name is Chance Kamanski, and he played on the Stockton Kings, him and his girlfriend, a 19-year-old woman, will face open murder charges in the death of a 23-year-old woman who had gone missing in Las Vegas. The police announced this just yesterday, so on Sunday. The Vegas police said in a statement that the remains of Morena Rogers, a medical assistant from Washington State who was last seen in the Vegas area, were found in a desert area in Henderson, Nevada. So if you guys remember, I actually remember seeing this story on Twitter that there was a girl who was missing and and, you know, Twitter and social media were doing their thing by circulating photos of her saying that she was last seen on December 5th and she was reported missing on December 7th. Now, the Stockton Kings were playing against the G League Ignite team, which is in Vegas on December 5th. So supposedly Marina had plans to meet up with Comanche's girlfriend that night on December 5th. So Comanche, 27, was apprehended by FBI agents on Friday in Sacramento County, California, and is being held without bail. His girlfriend, Sakari Harnden, is 19, and she was arrested on Wednesday in Las Vegas on kidnapping charges and was detained on $500,000 bail per jail records. According to Vegas police, Rogers, who was the victim, was out with friends on December 5th and had pre a prearranged meeting with Harnden, the girlfriend, and Kamanski, the G League player, that night. So what's truly crazy about this, and obviously the story is so sad and devastating, and we don't have um, all the answers yet, but it seems to be clear that Comanche and his girlfriend are the only two suspects as of right now. The FBI was involved. They are both arrested. They are not getting out of jail. He's being held without bail. Girlfriend is being held on a $500,000 bail. But the craziest part to me about this is if this story does happen to be true um, and they are charged with this, Comanche played on December 5th in Vegas and then he had another game on December 7th. The murder as of right now seemed to have taken place either the night of December 5th or on December 6th. So the fact that he could have possibly played in a game before and then directly after to me is insane all of this is very sad and r.i.p obviously to morena 23 years old a life cut far too soon my thoughts and prayers go out to her family and i do hope that justice is served very swiftly it does not look good for this nba player the police released a statement and the headline says male and female execute murder plan and it says here that detectives have determined that Harnden and Comanche are responsible for the murder of Rogers. They charge both individuals and will be amended to open murder through coordination with the Clark County District Attorney's Office. So both the girlfriend and Comanche are going to be in court 
tomorrow when this video goes out they'll be going to court on tuesday so this video will probably be going out the same day i'll keep you guys updated if anything else breaks but he was thankfully released from the stock stockton kings immediately when he was arrested and it and the nba has yet to comment on this but it seems like the fbi and the police are handling it swiftly and promptly and i hope that justice is served again these are all allegations at this point but i will keep you guys posted as more information comes out should we play start bench cut christmas edition i think so all right here we go christmas edition start bench cut Let's do it it's the most the wonderful time of the year that's right. And everyone knows the most <laughs> wonderful movies are Christmas movies. Yes, so they Star are. So Bench Cut, Home Alone, Elf, and The Grinch. It's absolutely a no-brainer who I'm starting. Elf, hands down, my favorite Christmas movie. Such a legendary Christmas movie. And I also think it's been like almost 20 years since it was released, which is insanity because i feel like it was only five years ago that i saw it for the first time elf number one best christmas movie of all time starting now this is going to be extremely controversial but i'm benching the grinch because i also love the grinch and i think it's such an iconic story iconic christmas movie and i'm cutting home alone now i have not seen home alone in ages so maybe it's my bias showing maybe i need to go back and rewatch home alone but it didn't stick with me how elf and the grinch have stuck with me and i also feel like home alone could be categorized as like a maybe a christmas maybe a not christmas movie elf and the grinch have like only christmas storylines so those are my top two and i'm so sorry to macaulay culkin but you're out of there <laughs> You, you is that should, controversial you should, you, you should in that you should you should uh ask ask the viewers what they think so they can answer you know because <laughs> i'm gonna but get I, like, I, that's true but also it's controversial yeah. normally start bench cut there's no way to like get it wrong you except it wrong. this time you, you i just it got wrong. it wrong you can't you can't home alone is literally one of like the classic all-time movies like the answer is you start home alone and that's and anything and, after and that then, whatever and then you can you can bench elf because people love elf <laughs> the grinch the grinch is such a forgettable like nobody talks about that movie or cares about that movie like compared to home alone well but Good. rachel Ooh. is a grinch home alone oh, yeah man. i am in real life it, actually like, uh, yeah she's she's a grinch person bonus bonus question for Christmas movies, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? A I don't know. Debate. I've never seen it. Oh, you haven't? All right. Well, then forget it. We've <laughs> gone over this in previous episodes. I am selective about what movies I watch, and I, I, I guess see. I haven't seen the classics. Well, Die Hard is a great movie, but it's a, it's a classic debate whether or not it's a Christmas movie. Got it. Because it takes place on Christmas at a Christmas party. <laughs> Have you seen any of the Harry Potters? You're joking, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's, she's of course. I love Harry Potter. Yeah. Are they Christmas movies? I think so. No. Some of the one, there's one that's on Christmas. Well, that's, right? I guess that's what I'm saying, though. It's like Elf and the Grinch are Christmas only movies. Like, you're not watching them in the summertime. Home Alone, you can watch at any time. Like, there's more of a story than, than it being about Christmas. It's true, but it's am I wrong in saying that? And it's Christmas music, and it's like Christmas spirit. Okay, well maybe I just maybe I just don't remember. You guys yeah. let me know. 
You guys let me know in the comments if I'm completely out of pocket for cutting home alone. Star Bench Cut, Christmas Foods, Sugar Cookies, Eggnog, Candy Canes. Okay, so 10 for 10, absolutely nostalgia moment for me, starting sugar cookies. And specifically, the cutout sugar cookies that are like frosted, because that's just a core memory that I have from growing up is making those every single year with my mom and like making the different color frostings and decorating them how I want to and like having little artworks. That was what I loved, loved, loved to do. So I'm starting the cutout sugar cookies. Ah, The eggnog and the candy canes is actually so difficult for me because eggnog is just such a Christmas thing. And I feel like people love it or hate it. I actually growing up loved it. And now that I'm vegan, I've actually tried vegan eggnog and I have some. And so, you know what? I might, I might bench eggnog, even though it's like so controversial. Some people think it's disgusting. It's just such a... You wouldn't drink it at any other time of the year. So I'm going to bench eggnog. I'm going to cut the candy canes, even though they are delicious and you can just kind of throw them in your purse and have them anytime. I feel like you could also just have a mint. So we're going to cut those. Although, did you guys used to like lick them and make them into like sharp points and try to kill each other? <laughs> like, I think I think that was the, the best part of Christmas is, is yeah. stabbing at your cousins. <laughs> with your candy cane. Yeah. Start bench cut oh. Christmas songs. All I want for Christmas is you, Mariah Carey. Rocking around the Christmas tree by Brenda Lee. Or Last Christmas by Wham. Interesting three choices. So did you guys know that Rocking Around the Christmas Tree is sung by a 13-year-old? For the, my entire existence, I always thought that that was an old lady, right? It sounds like an old lady. She was 13 when she recorded that song. So for that alone, I'm going to bench rocking around the Christmas tree because that's a feat in itself. And imagine, like I was just talking about this yesterday. All you need to do is just make a really damn good Christmas song and that's your like recipe for success. You will be rich until the end of time because people play them over and over and over. Speaking of Mariah Carey, she is so ready for this time of the year. So I think even as much as I love um, Last Christmas, and I feel like that's almost like the least Christmassy song of all and the least annoying of all, I'm going to cut it and I'm going to start All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Because Correct. she is Christmas. She's our Christmas. She's our Christmas queen. Now it's time to ugh, I can never get this can open. I'm holding a mic. Spill the tea with Mobby, artisanal tea. All right, you guys, for today's spill the tea segment, we have a Taylor Swift controversy. So Taylor Swift just experienced her welcome to the NFL moment. She was booed at Gillette Stadium. The Chiefs were playing the Patriots. They put Taylor up on the big screen, up on the Jumbotron, whatever you want to call it, at a stadium, and the fans were booing her. So we have a little clip of it here.
Taylor Swift sells out stadiums and has even created an earthquake at one of the stadiums because her fans were dancing and cheering so hard. So I feel like this is just such a, a change for her to actually be booed at an NFL stadium. I personally think that this is not Taylor's fault. I think it is the NFL social media media's fault because ever since she started going to these games, all the media has been talking about is her at the game. And a lot of, I feel like, diehard NFL fans who really don't care so much about Taylor are just like, hey, we want to watch football. You guys are bothering me because you are showing her so much, posting her so much. Anytime anybody does anything, you pan over and show Taylor's reaction to what's going on on the football field. So Taylor Swift also recently won Times Person of the Year. I'm sure that you guys all saw that. I think it's so well-deserved because this has been her year. She's had an, a killer, killer year. She said when she goes to games to support her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, she is only going to games to support Travis. And she said, I have no awareness of if I'm being shown too much or pissing off a few dads, brads, and chads, which I thought was really funny. And it was also something that was <laughs> trending online was dads, brads, and chads. So recently at the same game that she was getting booed, there was a little photo that Brittany Mahomes actually posted of these cookies that they made, which were perfectly decorated with dads, brads, and chads. And with the whatever hand signal which I thought was which I thought was pretty funny because it, it is true like she knows that she's on camera and I think sometimes when she's there she's obviously making sure that she's like wearing a great outfit and standing in front and she she knows that she's there but I do think that she is there to support her boyfriend she cannot control how many people are posting about her or if she's going to be on the Jumbotron or not. I don't even know if she knows when she's being filmed. She handled it like a champ. So we talked about the booze being Taylor's welcome to the NFL moment. Because if you're a sports fan, you know how sports fans are. They they ride or die for their team. It is not the Eras tour. It is not girls going there, trading friendship bracelets, and becoming best friends. No. It is mostly men and they are amped up and they are drinking beer and they are cheering for their team and they don't care about literally anything else. It is like a primitive social event for mostly men. That's what it is. Now, Taylor Swift, when she first started going to the games, to me, it was funny when they were panning to her because it seemed like she didn't really realize what was going on on the field and she's admitted it herself. She hasn't really watched much sports growing up, so this is kind of her first introduction to football and so a lot of times like she would just be cheering and hugging people when there was a when there was a touchdown she would be gasping and just so scared anytime Travis like got tackled or fell down which is such a normal football thing but it was actually kind of cute because it was like she was learning along the way this clip that we have right here to me is Taylor's true welcome to NFL fandom moment so let's check it out intended receiver went down but no penalty flags called. It was Kelsey who was the intended receiver. <laughs> so this was, to me, this was her true reaction to where she actually 
looked like a dad brad or chad here so she saw the pass interference she got really upset about it obviously travis fell the pass was incomplete and i feel like a lot of people online actually respected her more after seeing that clip because you could just tell how into the game that she was so somebody else who had a welcome to the NFL moment was a Swifty who decided to go to Gillette Stadium and obviously, which is the home stadium of the Patriots, and wore a Taylor Swift heiress tour jean jacket and a Chiefs hat and I think like a Chiefs something. Anyway, she was decked out in, in Chiefs and Taylor Swift gear. She went to the game wearing this thinking that it was going to be fine. I want to read the tweet that she wrote. She said, bad experience. And she, by the way, added Gillette Stadium. Gillette Stadium has always been my home base and my favorite stadium as a born and raised Massachusetts girl. But tonight at the at Patriots game, I was harassed and audibly booed for being a fan of the opposing team and wearing a jacket with my lifelong idol on it. The experience was extremely stressful and continued to escalate as the night went on. I am very, I was a very peaceful fan cheering for my team in the seat and clothes that I paid for. I deserved to be there and I deserved to feel safe doing so. I had men directly behind me in my ear as well as many rows behind me in the section yelling that I was stupid for being a fan of Taylor and many other nasty things that I won't even put on here that I won't even put on here for me and honestly Taylor's sake. It was horrendous. This went until I decided to leave my section because of the extent of the literal bullying. As I was leaving, the at Patriots fans around me booed me as I left. No, I was not mistaking this for a play. Nobody was on the field at the time. All eyes were on me and the discomfort and anxiety I felt should never have happened. I moved my seat for the end of the fourth quarter because of the amount of empty seats at that point. I was able to enjoy the win of the Chiefs probably since most Patriot fans were gone. I am a Patriots fan as well. I grew up here, but tonight was definitely an eye-opener, and I keep looking back on it and realizing just how wrong I was. Thanks to the men who made me completely uncomfortable. You suck. I just want to put out a bit of a warning to any Swifties who are going to NFL games to simply watch Taylor or pseudo support Taylor and support the Chiefs do not go to opposing stadiums thinking that you can wear the opposing team's gear and not get heckled do not do it like I said before this is not the Eras tour there are no friendship bracelets at an NFL football game you are not going to hold hands and sing and hug you are not in a suite like Taylor. You are in the general public and sports fans are nuts. They are absolutely nuts. They are drunk and they care about their team. And that's really all they care about. And a lot of these people who are in the stands have been fans for many, many, many of years. Do you, if you actually think that I could wear decked out Ohio state gear and walk in to a home university of Michigan football game and not get heckled and bullied to the point of maybe getting beat up, you'd be crazy. I would never do that. You don't do that. So please, Swifties, do not think that going to the games is just going to be this fun, peaceful moment and you deserve to be there because you bought the tickets and you get to wear whatever clothes you want. No, no, no. This is like, there. there's not many rules. I'm not applauding bullying, but I think if you walk into an opposing stadium in the opposing team's gear and you expect not to get bullied or heckled or yelled at, you, you're you just not, you're ignorant to what sports actually are. 
So beware. Don't do that. Maybe go neutral. Maybe go neutral colors. Maybe you can support, support Taylor in other ways that isn't showing up to a vicinity where she is just so you can maybe see her on the Jumbotron. If you don't care about football, don't go. Watch from home. This is meant to help Swifties. That phenomenon of going to a sports sporting event wearing the opposing team's stuff, like it's also pretty common, right? And and like it's all it's mostly all obviously there's the occasional like bite or something that breaks out, but for the most part, the vast majority, it's all in good fun. Like you're gonna get heckled by the crowd and you're supposed to heckle them back a little bit. Like that's like part of it, you know? Like pe- people will do that well, and like yeah. maybe you get into it. And that's like part of the fun as the culture. She just doesn't get it. Like it's kind of fine. You know, you, you learn. she doesn't get it. But I mean, you should see some of these replies. It's all the Swifties being like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That should have never happened. Like, yeah, that it, should be a, a safe clash. space. Like, no, it's actually not a safe space. No, it's not. It's sports. <laughs> yeah. But it's also, not, also like, it's, what, it's not what safe what safe means, because I, I, I actually agree. Like if she had been like physically attacked, it'd be like, oh, that's terrible. That shouldn't have happened. But like, oh yeah, she a shouldn't. Thousand percent. She shouldn't feel. Yeah, she shouldn't feel unsafe. Like, like that's what I'm saying is that like that that kind of heckling, is actually like all in good fun. I would argue. Right. You know, like right. maybe it's if you're not used to it, it might like scare you a little bit. But like that's like oh yeah, like you're wearing the other team's stuff. People are gonna like yell at you, and then you can yell back or you can make fun of them. You know, and that's like that's just part of how it works, right? Right. Also, just to go back to the first guy booing, to me like. Nobody asked my opinion on this, but it's it's like hard to imagine being more of a loser than that guy who's looking at the <laughs> her on the jumbotron going boo like and filming this, this it is, by the way <laughs> and filming it like this is this is your personality is like you're out of the football game and you see Taylor Swift on the jumbotron and you start booing like like it actually right. makes you upset. If it's like sarcastic and it's funny and we're all kind of like doing some kind of like gag, okay, fine, I guess. But like, it's just, this is how you define yourself by being mad about what they put on the jumbotron, you know? No, well, for sure. I think it's, it was to be expected at some point because it's, it's not Taylor's fault. Like she actually is a unproblematic person. Like there's nothing really to hate about Taylor Swift. You should be hating if you feel like it's messing up the game because like you're not instead of seeing a replay you're seeing her like that's what I could see maybe get mad but I don't know this kind of stuff happens all the time. She's the biggest celebrity in the world. So the people that are posting her, how much they're showing her on television, they wouldn't continue to do that if it was hurting ratings. Like the Chiefs games more people are watching these games because of her. So that's what she said. She seems super unbothered by it. And the dads, Brads and Chads can get as mad as they want. She's just going to be there for Travis. And I think it's cute. And I'm glad that she's like learning, learning sports culture a little bit more. She seems to be super into it. Selena Gomez was catching heat last week for arguing with fans about her new relationship with Benny Blanco. So Benny Blanco is also in the music industry. I believe he's like a producer, writer. He's worked with a lot of big artists and he's been around for a long time. Um, 
But she actually kind of went out of her way. So there was speculation that these two were dating. She went out of her way to kind of argue with fans and prove to them in a sense that her relationship was really good and she was replying back. There was, it was actually an absurd amount of comments that she was replying to kind of saying that this is the happiest that she's ever been. Um, They've been dating for six months. If you don't support her relationship with Benny Blanco, then she doesn't really care. Then you're not a real fan of her. And she was just kind of going on and on. And she was catching some heat, mostly for the fact that she was coming so hard at her fans and fans kind of didn't understand why she was so aggressively going in the comments and just talking about her relationship that no one really provoked her about. After that, she said that she would be taking a break from social media until she had work to do. As you guys probably know, Selena Gomez takes a lot of breaks off of social media, but she is the most followed person on Instagram. So in a way, I do sympathize with her because I can imagine it would it, you would feel a lot of pressure and it's just a, it's just social media is just a toxic and tough place to be in. And sometimes it does feel like you can't do anything right. Um, so she, she announced that she was taking a break until she had work to do, but she came back from that break and it wasn't work that she posted. It was actually, um, a photo carousel of Taylor Swift's birthday stuff that she was doing with rare beauty and some photos kind of hard launching her relationship with Benny Blanco. So obviously with those photos, it got a ton of buzz. A lot of people were chatting even more about their relationship. And it got me back to thinking, how much of your relationship should you share on social media? When should you share your relationship on social media? And Or should you share your relationship at all on social media? Because I feel like this is one of those things we are living in 2023, almost 2024 now. Social media is so ingrained in all of our lives. And it unfortunately or fortunately is one of the things that I feel like most people have to discuss with their significant other. Social media affects relationships more than it ever has. If you think back to the days when your parents were dating it was, or your parents were, you know, dating, getting married, you basically had a pool of people was who lived around you, like in your vicinity. And you kind of just chose somebody, got married to them. And that was it. You didn't really have cell phones. You were calling on the landlines. You didn't have dating apps. You, you were kind of just staying in your hometown. And that was the, the amount of options that you have. Social media has opened up the doors to people thinking that they have many more options than they might. There's a perceived like endless amount of options that you have now because you're seeing people's lives from all across the world. And with that, there's so many problems that just come in relationships, like who people are following on social media, what photos they're liking on social media, what somebody is DMing somebody else on social media. Are you posting me? Are you not posting me? Are you hiding me? Are you posting too much? Are you only posting your significant other after you guys get in a fight? Like, oh, you shouldn't have posted that photo of me because I didn't look good. Why did you do that? Like, there's just so many problems that have come up because we now live in a social media world. And so when I was thinking about this with Selena Gomez, firstly, it seems like she is, first of all, I have met Selena Gomez before and she was the sweetest, loveliest person. She was very kind, very welcoming. 
Um, and that's all I know of her, but she does seem to be sensitive in a sense, which can be good or bad, but I feel like in a social media age, it is, it is tough. If you are sensitive, I feel like you do have to have thick skin, especially if you have a lot of followers. So to me, I was like a little bit surprised of her posting her significant other, because once you post your significant other, especially if you have a lot of followers, you're just opening the door for everybody else to be involved. And that's why I am somebody who has posted my boyfriend, Dre. I'm sure you guys have seen it, but I am not posting him all the time. And for me, I am really selective about how often I post Dre because to me, it goes one of two ways. One, I feel like once I do that, I'm opening the door up to all of my fans, all these people that I don't know, getting involved in something that to me is so sacred to me and something that is a part of my everyday life. My social media followers, as much as I love the support and everything that you guys give me, you are not in my day-to-day life. And at the end of the day, I don't know what half of you look like. I don't, I don't know you personally. And so Yes, I love the support that you're giving, but you're not here with me every day going through what I'm going through and my struggles, but my significant other, my best friends, my family are. If I open up the door to let everybody else in the world in on things that are so sacred to me, there is a risk there. And so a lot of the times if I do post with Dre or if I post with my friends or my family, I don't really read comments because to me, it's fine if you guys say hurtful or negative things about me. Like it, it really doesn't bother me. I've been online for over a decade. It is what it is, but it, it does hurt my feelings. And I don't want to open up anybody else to being susceptible to negativity. And that's what you run the risk of doing. So I think in a sense of like Taylor Swift firstly hasn't shared anything with Travis on social media yet, but her relationship is very public. Even with her, it's it's helped her in a sense because it seems like generally speaking, the world loves her and Travis together, right? Now Selena Gomez is on the opposite end of the spectrum where everybody is digging up all of this all of these things about Benny Blanco and saying that he's like not a great person and he supposedly was talking bad about her before they got together. And so there's already this negativity that has been brought in just because it's a public relationship. I also found a study recently that went into that basically asked couples who post their significant other and their relationship on social media how happy they actually are. And the findings were pretty interesting. So the the title of this article, couples who post excessively about their relationships on social media aren't that happy. A survey of 2000 British people ages 18 to 50 found a dramatic difference in relationship happiness between people who post a lot of couples content and those who never share any of those who share excessively three or more times a week, which actually is so much only 10% reported being very happy in their relationships and 42% said they are very unhappy as opposed to those who never share couples content of which 46% said that they are very happy and 13% said they are very unhappy. So it's basically like complete opposites, complete opposite. Couples who never share are 46% very happy. Couples who share excessively are 42% unhappy. So it's, it's actually the reverse. And I'm sure that you guys 
have friends who you know like fight all the time but then they're constantly like posting each other on social media with these really long crazy captions on how it's the love of their life and their soulmate and they've been through so many ups and downs and it's just kind of this weird juxtaposition of like I see what you guys have going on but to the rest of the world it's it's almost like you're making up for the lack that you have in your real life and you're trying to push this narrative of look how happy I am look how happy we are and I think that's also something like coming back to myself as well I actually don't mind pushing out a persona on and and when I talk about all these things I'm specifically talking about Instagram for a lot pushing out a persona on Instagram that's a little bit of a heightened reality for me so it's maybe a little bit more positive than my actual life is I don't share the moments when I'm crying or when I'm sick or when I'm upset, I don't share all of that. You guys get a little bit more. You guys learn a little bit more about me here on this channel or maybe on TikTok. But on Instagram, I don't mind pushing that stuff about myself, but I I would absolutely mind pushing stuff about that, about my relationship, like having struggles in my relationship. And then the very next day posting some beautiful heartfelt thing about like Dre and I, about how we're perfect and making other people feel bad about maybe their relationship lacking, which is why also I think I talk about so much on this, on this channel and just in regular life, like please stop idolizing celebrity couples or couples that you don't know, or honestly, celebrities in general, stop idolizing what you see on social media because so often in this study proves it of just this small sample size. This study proves that you're not seeing their reality. 42% of these people who post excessively about how much they love their significant other and about their relationship are unhappy. That's literally half the post that you're seeing that you think, oh, this is perfect. I want a relationship like this. Why isn't mine like this? You have to stop doing that. And I hope that you guys even do that with me. I hope that you guys come to my channel watch my videos or go to my Instagram and kind of like my pictures, watch my videos. And then you literally get off social media, go home and go hang out with the real people that are in your lives, your boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, family, friends. And, and then I'm, I'm not a part of that. Like you don't take what you see that I post and hope and wish that you had that. Because I guarantee you that there's stuff going on in my life that you wouldn't want to have and there's stuff going on in, in yours that I wouldn't want to have. Social media is not real. And so I don't know the exact formula on how much or how little you should post your relationship, but I think I do agree with this article in a sense of like some things should be private. And we also talked about mental health a little bit earlier in the episode. To protect my mental health, I don't share so much of my loved ones. I pick and choose the times that it makes sense and that it feels authentic and that I feel good about it and I feel like I'm protecting my relationships. And then the rest of the time, I don't. I kind of keep my social media for what it needs to be and I can live my private life and I can keep my mental health and I can be happy at home and I can share with you guys like what I'm doing for work and the fun things that I'm doing. And every once in a while, you'll see Dre or my friends or my family. And that's how I feel about that. That was a really long rant. <laughs> but I think that's that was, that was good. I think you hit it. You yeah. hit it. That was good. 
Honestly. Thanks. That was solid. Right. <clears throat> and social media is fun. All right, you guys, that's all that we have this week. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Make sure that you give this video a thumbs up and hit the little subscribe button because we upload new videos every single week. Have an amazing holiday. I hope that you make all the sugar cookies and have eggnog and hot chocolate and candy canes and lovely presents and Christmas trees and ice skating and all of the holiday things. Have an amazing week and I will see you guys with a brand new episode on December 27th. So just a couple days after Christmas, we'll be checking back in and I'll talk to you guys then. Bye.